for today's episode of Intact to the Future, we're going to uh, take a look at the developments in Denmark uh, regarding male genital cutting and uh, examine uh, the sort of religious elements or requirements for the practice. So the topic of uh, male genital cutting has come up in Denmark recently. Uh, their government was trying to make like a sort of inquiry about uh, starting a practice over there. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, it's not performed secularly in their hospitals. Uh, it's usually restricted to a religious community. So it's, it's there's already not a culture for doing that to any children over there. Uh, so anyways, uh, the government was trying to, I guess, get the professional opinion for the uh, medical associations over there. But uh, they actually refused. They, most of them have just withdrawn from, withdrawn from the inquiry. They're basically saying, we're not, we're, we're not going to sign off on that. That's just not in our conscious we're not gonna enable things to make it easier to cut children so i mean this is like there's like organizations ranging from anesthesiologists to of course physicians obstetricians nurses urologists so it was, it, it was, it's a, it was a very strong coalition. And so this, yeah, this has all been happening within the past month or so. Um, now most recently the, the prime minister actually came out and put, you know, kind of put her finger on the scale. Uh, basically said that you know we we owe it to the Jewish people to uh, not restrict postectomy, which is the religious term for male genital cutting. So basically, uh, it's like we we owe it to them to not restrict it. Uh, anyways, yeah, the basic law was to. I mean, just to double back, the, the law being proposed is to restrict postectomy to uh, males 18 and older. So that, that would be the age of majority. So the Dutch prime minister, uh, excuse me, the Denmark's prime minister, uh, her reasoning is that, you know, we, we owe to the Jewish people. I guess she doesn't care about the Muslims, but <laughs> yeah, she's, we, we owe it to the Jewish people for World War II. I mean, which is admirable in a sense, but that's, I mean, and let's, let's take a look at Judaism. I mean, and None of their texts is it listed that uh, the Brit Ma the Brit Milah 
that's, that's their term for it. That's the term for the covenant, um, which says a uh, male is to be uh, cut on the eighth day. The thing is, I mean, there's nothing in the text which says that uh, doing it after the eighth day is forbidden. In fact, uh, they're quite they're quite clear on like who who or what it should be done to. I mean, they even make a provision for foreigners and they make a provision for slaves. So, so obviously it's not a matter of, oh, it has to be the eighth day. It should rather be interpreted that the eighth day is the minimum. And this, this all assumes that the child will actually grow up and want to be cut or even want to practice Judaism. So that's, that's that angle. And then, uh, when you go over to Islam, uh, their, their, uh, form of cutting is called, uh, Kitan, I think K H I T A N, but it, it varies from place to place. I mean, some call it Sunnah or Sunat or that sort of thing. Now, it's the interesting thing about that. It's not actually mentioned within the Quran. Uh, there's a number of uh, scriptures that kind of speak out against it. Uh, let me let me take a look at those. Uh, for instance, there's uh, there's a section uh, okay uh, you will not see any flaw in what the Lord merely or you will not see any flaw in what the Lord of Mercy creates uh, Quran sixty seven three. And there's some other, I mean, this is purely from a technical, you know, just straight from the text. Now, there's the argument that, okay, there are some hadiths, which, which uh, say that male cutting is fitra, or it is, you know, it's prescribed in Islam as, uh, you know, part of a clean, cleanliness ritual, which also mentions things like cutting the beard and cutting pubic hair. Now, given that not everyone has the same, <laughs> same level of pubic hair, let alone the same level of beard growth, it, I guess there's no real set in stone. There's there's no real set in stone standard. So, like, how would you, how would you enforce that? You know. And if we're talking about the hadiths, uh, I mean, they they weren't exactly written in the most progressive of times either. So and there, there, there were some problematic uh, things that 
you know, people don't really, anyways, uh, oh yeah, what was I talking about? Uh, yeah, and some more supporting lines from the Quran that don't support cutting children. Uh, they say, uh, he created everything in exact measure. He precisely designed everything, 25-2. He designed you and designed you well, 40-64. He created the heavens and the earth for a specific purpose, designed you and perfected your design, 64.3. He created man in the best design, 95.4. Uh, Satan said, I will mislead them. I will entice them. I will command them to mark the ears of their livestock, and I'll command them to, dis to distort the creation of God, 4.119. We did not leave anything out of this book. That's a big one. Uh, 638. Uh, the word of your Lord is complete in truth and justice. Nothing shall abrogate his words. He is the hearer, the omniscient. 6115. Say, did you know how God sends down to you all kinds of provisions? Then you render some of them of the then you render some of them unlawful and some lawful say did god give you permission to do this or do you fabricate lies and attribute them to god that's 1059 so i mean the quran is like the main book some might argue well <laughs> the uh, the, one of the arguments I usually see is, well, you know, it is, but there's certain interpretations that kind of needed to be added. So I guess this is like the, what do you call it? The <laughs> developer's commentary or director's commentary for the crime. The Hadiths. Yeah, and it's uh, circling back to the Hadiths. It's not like, like, a, like I mentioned earlier, these weren't the most progressive uh, texts in the world. So the Sahih al-Bukhari 3237, for instance, says that Muhammad says that angels will curse a wife who refuses to sleep with her husband. Hmm. Uh, there are also provisions about women cannot voluntarily fast without the permission of her husband. Uh, where else? Uh, keeping a keeping a pet dog will deduct two karat from your good deeds per day. And the karat is a measurement of your deeds in Islam. So, keeping a dog, you, you know, might be might be losing some points there. Um, what else? Oh yeah, there's there's a lovely one. Um, Muhammad, uh, the Prophet Muhammad says not to beat your wife like you beat your slave because you might have sex with her later. I mean, this, you can look this up. This is in uh, what 
This is in the Sahih 4942. And in none of these is it stated that I mean, they don't list a specific age for when a male is to be cut. And they don't say that cutting after that certain age is even forbidden. Which, which is obvious to I me, mean, both of these religions, they allow, they allow adult converts. So if it was really that big of an issue, then people would just never, <laughs> never be a part of those religions. So, you know, when we take a look at the developments over in Europe, the argument that, oh, it has to be done during birth or childhood, those arguments aren't strong enough in either of these religions. Yeah, yeah of course, uh, one of the main arguments for restricting postectomy to uh, consenting adults was that it would generate a demand for illegal back alley or unsafe uh, cutting ceremonies. But I mean, the thing is, it, uh, I mean, if there's, there's no real, they're not, uh, if we take a look at places in like Denmark and Europe, I mean, it's not done in hospitals. I mean, what usually happens is they, they find a physician or Moel or uh, you know someone who's familiar with the religion, someone they trust, and that's who usually does it. Obviously, they're not gonna send their kid off to some quack. I mean, but it 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 happens, but you have to weigh weigh the considerations. Uh, you know, these, these are immigrant populations. Uh, uh, I don't think if, if there is a restriction in place, I don't th given how, uh, given how difficult uh, immigration can be, I don't think they would uh, want to ri uh, risk their status and just not waiting and delaying it for 10 to 18 years, uh, depending on, uh, depending on uh, who's, who's been cut. Um, so that, that argument doesn't really hold water, the sort of, if we, if we restrict it, then They'll just be more dangerous, dangerous ones. And I think uh, the biggest, uh, the biggest thing people ignore about that is uh, these these restrictions. It's not necessarily about. I mean, I don't, I don't support the idea of just jailing people.
I think, I mean, I, I call me extreme, but I think you, know, you should, if you really want to do it, don't, don't, don't go to someone else's country and do it, which is, which is what people do when it comes to their uh, girl children. But that's that's a whole different subject. I I, I think uh, most importantly, the having having those restrictions in place is uh, more so about uh, giving a le- uh, providing a legal framework uh, uh, for the victims in terms of how how they would seek justice or. or recompense for what's happened to them i i believe that uh, they should be able to sue uh the people involved i mean whether it's the uh, mohels the doctors or anyone else and uh, any doctors perform this should lose their license i mean that that's a clear violation of the of their Hippocratic oath. Uh, however, you, however you say that, uh, it's a clear violation. Uh, so, anyways, uh, that's that's uh, really what that's really what I want to see happen. Uh, if someone's cut, they can. They can go to court and sue whoever needs to be sued and get places shut down, uh, get restrictions in place. And because, I mean, it's, it's not a, it's a, it's a, it's a traumatic and damaging experience. I mean, obviously more so when the victim can remember, but even if they can't, it's once they grow up and see, I mean, it's, it's, it's always there. The damage is always there. It's not like, <laughs> it's not like it just disappears once they start to gain a semblance of consciousness. Um, Anyways, uh, I know I've been all over the place with this. Um, but, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's... That's really the nature of the subject. Uh, it just encompasses uh, so many different... areas of life. You know, we're talking religion, we're talking health. We're talking... Uh, legal. Or, you know, psychological, uh, you know, all, all different kinds of aspects. Um, but yeah, uh, so the point point of uh, me bringing up the Thule was that they, they, they studied the kids and they, they were shown to have PTSD. I mean, uh, they had the diagnostic tools, which uh, could... 
say, okay, yeah, this is, uh, you, <laughs> you were traumatized. There's no doubt about it. I mean, it's, I think, I think 90% of people will, will admit that, yeah, if, if it happens when the person remembers, it's definitely traumatizing. But uh, when I bring it up, I bring it up to illustrate that if we, if we avoid doing it to them because they'll be traumatized, what? Uh, was, why do it at all? Why? Why then do the merce? Uh, I guess this is seen as the merciful option of uh, doing it to babies. So it's it's definitely something. I mean, Denmark is already examining and questioning it, but. Uh, should be questioned on a greater level in terms of society wide. Uh, you know, why the inconsistency? Why the hypocrisy? Uh, which, uh, which, anyways, well, well, we'll get into some more of that later on. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, I'll catch up soon. Thanks.